all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Say they Hello and welcome. My name is Andrew and welcome back into another edition of the Who Dat Discussion. We are recording this episode from the Vivid Seats studio. Use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. So this is a big episode. It's going to be the preview of the 2019 season. This is where it all begins. I'm going to give you my full season preview. It's going to be in-depth. We're going to go through every game, win-loss, and what I feel about the Saints. And then before we do that, we are going to talk about the 53-man roster, the Saints trade with the Dolphins for Kiko Alonso, and much more. But I think we should just get right into the 53-man roster talk here. That was the first thing that happened since our last episode. So we're going to talk about that first, and then we're going to talk about the Kiko Alonso trade, and then we're going to finish up with our preview of the 2019 Saints season. So much in store for this season. I just can't wait to get into it. But first, let's talk about the 53-man roster. So where I left you on our last episode, we were talking about the 53-man roster and the cuts that the Saints made. My episode last week was on the cut week, and it was the cut day, I should say. It wasn't cut week, it was cut day. And we went through a lot of cuts, but there were still 14 more cuts the Saints had to make. And oh, were they big cuts? And we'll get into that, obviously, when we get to each position. We'll talk about who was cut and who's staying on here. But we'll just do an overview of the 53-man roster, tell you each player that made it, and what we really expect from them. So first, we are going to start with the quarterbacks, as we usually do with the podcast. And starting out the 53-man roster is going to be, obviously, Drew Brees. We all know what he brings to this team. And I'm not going to get into it right now, but we're going to keep him. Teddy Bridgewater is going to back up Brees and Taysom Hill who is going to probably play a lot of positions. I think he's going to play a lot of tight end just because we only keep in two tight ends. That's interesting. I think he's obviously going to play in special teams like he always does. I think it's going to be very interesting to see where he goes this season compared to other seasons in the past because he's going to be that Swiss Army Knight. He's going to come off. He's going to, I think, play very well. So I think we just got to continue that and see what he can do this season just like he did last season. I think it's going to be something different. Sean Payton every season is going to have something different from Taysom Hill, and I think that's what makes him one of the best kind of Swiss Army Knives in the league and maybe in the league's history. You've never seen a player like Taysom Hill, and I think that is just really big. So to have a player like that that can play so many positions is going to be huge for this team. But overall, quarterbacks, no surprises. We knew these three guys were going to make the team. JT Barrett, he was cut earlier. Maybe he'll go into the practice squad later, but that's just really what it is there. Then we go over to the running back, and as we said last episode, it's going to be Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, and Dwayne Washington instead of Ozigbo. I think we were between Dwayne Washington and Ozigbo, but Ozigbo was cut, and he was um, picked up by the Jacksonville Jaguars, so that is obviously um, really big for him. He's going to get to be on a team. That's nice for him. He's going to get to play, maybe have some playing time. He wasn't going to have any on the Saints, so that's good for him. The Saints keep Dwayne Washington. They keep the veteran. I think that's probably the better move here because He's going to come up, do some good things on special teams, do some good things in depth, and I think overall he's going to be a good player for this team. Adam Kamara, Latavius Murray, obviously those are going to be your two main guys, but you'll have Dwayne Washington there for special teams and so on, and he's a solid player, and he's got experience, good veteran atmosphere in the locker room and stuff like that. 
for sure. Latavius Murray, I think he's going to actually be really good. I'm excited to see him in action in the regular season because I think he's going to be just as good as Mark Ingram and maybe even better. Obviously, he has a different build than Mark Ingram, but that kind of helps him because it is similar playing styles they play with. They're that just one cut guy, then they're going to go right through the hole and they're going to get some speed, pick up speed. So he's a bigger guy. He's going to be able to break through more tackles. He is sure-handed just like Ingram. I think it's going to be really good signing and I want to see more from obviously in the regular season and so on because I think he could be a player that is kind of the unsung hero for this team and coming and replacing Mark Ingram is a hard job to do. But I think he's a guy that can do that. He can go with Alvin Kamara. He could definitely be Alvin Kamara's pal. Everyone from the Minnesota locker room and the Raiders locker room has said he was an amazing presence, and I think that's just got to continue going into this season. I think it will. I mean, he's a good player, a good leader, and I think that's going to help, obviously, with replacing Mark Ingram. So that's very, very interesting there with the running backs. Alvin Kamara, really the same thing there. Not really much to talk about. Fullbacks, we're going to go with Zach Line here. That's really what the Saints had here. We knew that that was going to be the guy that made the team instead of the other two guys they had. Um, going into the weekend, they had three fullbacks. Now they only have one with line. They had Shane Smith and Michael Burton. Both were cut, and they keep Zach Line just as we thought. Now we're going to move into the wide receivers and keeping six receivers. Maybe not the six I would have thought they would have kept, but they do keep six. So it's going to be Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn, Traquan Smith. Those three, no problems, no really questions. We knew those three were going to make it. And then the next three is where the surprises are. So those three players are Keith Kirkwood, Austin Carr, and Deontay Harris. So, Emmanuel Butler doesn't make this team. Little Jordan Humphrey does not make this team. So, overall, that's really what it is here. Those two guys don't make it, and Austin Carr, Keith Kirkwood make it instead. I mean, the Saints are obviously going with the guys that were here last year. Basically, those first five are the same five, and then Deontay Harris makes it on there So as the returner. So, really, those are your five main receivers it's interesting. It's really, really interesting. Kirkwood didn't play all preseason because of an injury. Now we get to see him in the regular season. He is healthy and ready to go, so that's very, very good. But he didn't really have that much of a preseason, which I would want to see more from. Austin Carr, he got a huge endorsement from Drew Brees, and obviously that played a lot of weight. He's a good player. He really is what he is. He's not going to mess up. He's not going to drop balls. He's not going to be you know, the worst receiver ever. But he's not going to be an amazing receiver. He's not going to go out there and throw up 10 catches and like 100 yards and a touchdown. That's not him. But he can go up, have three catches, 30 yards, maybe a touchdown here and there. I think he can definitely do that. But I think that really shows where the Saints are at this position. You definitely have a few guys that are just unproven. And the Saints needs them to prove themselves. Now, obviously, this is a little different than last year because the Saints do have a very proven tight end. They do have a Pro Bowl tight end this year with Jared Cook. That's going to be the guy they're going to have to lean on as a second or third receiver. And it's going to just have to happen because I know he's a great receiver. And I really like Jared Cook. I said he was a must signing this offseason because after Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn, it's the same problem as last year. They add Jared Cook. So we'll see what happens there. Hopefully he helps. And then past there, you're, you're hoping Traquan Smith can make a second year jump and do very good you want to see the same from Keith Kirkwood and the same from Austin Carr and you want to see Deontay Harris really just because a returner and do what he does best so that's kind of what you're hoping for overall and that would be best case scenario you see Traquan Smith take a step up you see Keith Kirkwood take a step you see Austin Carr do kind of the same things that he's doing as like a fifth receiver that's perfect and then you have Jared Cook come in there make some big catches catch a lot of touchdowns catch 60 balls, you know, 800 yards and 10 touchdowns. Like, that would be huge. That would be, like, an amazing season from him. Maybe you get even more yards from him. 
I think Jared Cook is going to be a premier tight end again. I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl again. And I think that's just because the Saints need targets to throw to you. And Breeze needs targets to throw to. And I think that Jared Cook's, you know, he's not just a target. He's a really good target. So I think Breeze already has that communication with him and that chemistry down. So I just can't wait to see what they can put up. But that's really what the wide receivers is. Emmanuel Butler, I'd like to see on this roster, but he's on the practice squad. He's really just one step away here from an injury or something like that for him coming on the roster. I think he will get playing time by the end of the year. That's just what I feel. Look, he's still got the potential to be a very good player, but he was just not there yet, in my opinion. And everyone was going crazy over him, nuts over him. But I always said, we just need another player here. And obviously, we don't get that. We don't get a NFL depth established wide receiver here. And Emmanuel Butler wasn't going to be that anyways, I think. So, it's not the worst thing in the world. I don't really have a problem with it. He wasn't like the best receiver ever, and they cut him or something. To me, it just is what it is. I think he'll be on this team by mid-year anyways, just because how the NFL season works out. That's just what I feel. And then you got guys like Jordan Humphrey, and, you know, it's just the same, same thing. And, again, I think he has the potential, but he's got to get better. He definitely has to refine those edges, and that's just really what it is there for both of those guys and then moving over to the tight ends another really interesting position the saints only keep two tight ends and they wave dan arnold and alazi mack who both end up on the practice squad so if they ever need a third tight end they'll be the first ones to come up supposedly the saints may add a third tight end people are saying watch out for that but we'll see that in the next coming days going into this first game monday night and there are no concerns about jared cook's health that's very good and basically sean payton said we have jared cook who can do so many things that we have past tight ends couldn't have done we have josh hill who we know what he can do he's a good role on this team and then they also have Taysom hill which can be a good third blocker from the tight end spot if needed and he can catch passes they he said that's really all we need right now and if we ever need guys we can always bring them up in the practice squad or add a few guys i think that's just perfect and honestly, you can't really ask for much more from these wire, uh, these tight ends, excuse me, there. Because I do think that Jared Cook's going to come up. He's going to be much better. You're going to see a huge increase in that. You're going to see more targets to the tight ends. To me, our first down rate's going to go up. Our touchdown rate in the red zone's going to go up. I think that's just all going to be because of Jared Cook. And it's just another guy, even if, you know, he doesn't catch every touchdown or whatever, and he's not the huge factor that he was let's just say he's like kind of a second guy he's still got to cover him he's not a ted ginn in the red zone he's not a traquan smith or maybe you can just go one-on-one which is going to help everybody and that's obviously going to be a huge factor and that's obviously going to help michael thomas as well because maybe he won't get as much double coverage in the red zone because you have jared cook and you can't guard you know double team both of them excuse me there so i think it's just going to help everyone i think that's really big there moving over to the offensive line look taron armstead ryan ramtrick Andrews Pete, Larry Walford, Eric McCoy, Nick Easton, Will Clapp, Patrick Omame, Ethan Greenbridge, that definitely is a solid group there. And I think it would have been better if it wasn't for a few injuries. So I think that's just really what it is there and what we're going to see. Look, it would have been nice to have Marshall Newhouse there instead of Greenbridge, but you, I definitely need that backup tackle. Greenbridge did a good job in preseason. I hope that continues. Michael Ola wasn't cutting it, so let's see what Greenbridge can do there. Will Clapp, He's obviously that depth piece because Cameron Tom is out. So now Will Clapp's going to get a chance to back up there. Patrick Omame probably makes this team because of a little injury depth as well. And I think he definitely showed out in this preseason. I wasn't expecting a lot from Omame, and he did a good job. So maybe he's having a career resurgence with the Saints. It'll be yet to be seen if he even gets in these games. But your starting five with Armstead, Ramchek, Pete, Walford, and Eric McCoy is very good. And I think Nick Easton's right at a starter level right now as well. So I think overall, that's just a really, really 
good group there and probably top five in this league. So that's obviously what you want to be at there. Now moving over to the defense and defensive ends here. They got four of them, Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport, Trey Hendrickson, and Wes Horton. Really no surprises here because Wes Horton makes this team. I think that's perfect. I mean, he's a veteran player. They kind of need that veteran there. It's going to probably be like the George Johnson type player. Gets in when he needs to, makes some plays on third down, and that's really it. I wouldn't be surprised if Davenport doesn't have a good first couple of games and Hendrickson's still doing good. He takes over Davenport. Or same with Wes Horton. I have trust in Davenport, though. Not full trust, I told you. I would like to add a defensive end there. But right now, they're going to the season with him. We'll see what happens. Look, worst comes to worst. The Saints are maybe like 6-2 and two or something. That's what I have them going into like game 9 here and the bye week, and they pick up a defensive end here. at the. They see that they're in it, and they pick them up at the deadline. If that happens, that's just what happens then, and that's really what it is. I think that the Saints can't go into the playoffs, and Davenport didn't get better. It's tough. You know, you're going in definitely shorthanded against other teams who have great defensive lines, and we'll see. And then by that time, you'll have Rankins back. It's just going to be very, very different. We'll see what happens here, but I do hope that if it comes down to it and Davenport does not progressing throughout the year and just is not he's being like the same he was last year, I'd like to add a little piece there to help him out. Or maybe Wes Horton has a career resurgence, puts up five, six sets. That's all you really need. If you put a Alex Okafor type year up, they're in good shape. So we'll see what happens there. But overall, that's just what I feel. It's not a you know perfect line, and it's, but it's probably going to be good enough here, especially for the beginning until Rankins comes back. This line was amazing last year. You got to give it to them. They were second in running, and they were fifth in sacks. That's a top five line here, and they're going to have to continue that. Going over to the defensive tackles, more in that run, you'd get better with Malcolm Brown. Sheldon Rankins is not on the PUP. That's really good. He's not on injured reserve. They say he's going to come four weeks, they're thinking, and that's really, really big. Mario Edwards will be ready to go, so he'll probably take rank and spot. You have Taylor Stallworth and Shai Tuttle just for some depth. I think that's fine. To me, that's a really solid group, and I think they're they're going to do a really good job, and then you're going to see David Onyemata come in there and Shai Tuttle out, so that's really what's going to happen there, but that's really your week one group, and that's going to, I think, get better, obviously, going into week two, so that's that's pretty solid there. This, this uh, defensive line here, excuse me there, I think is good. I think it's probably not as good as last year right now, but we'll see. Maybe it gets better. Maybe Marcus Davenport takes that next step. Maybe Onyemata gets just as good as Rankins. We'll have to see. Onyemata was great at the end of last year, and now we'll see if he can continue that into this year. That's going to be just huge, so we'll see that, but overall, it's, it's good. I'm really liking where this line is. Is it going to be top five right away? Probably not, but if it gets to that point by the playoffs, by when they, they need to win games, that's really all they want here because they'll be able to win games with this defensive line and they'll be able to control line of scrimmages with this line. And that's just when you get into the playoffs and the grudge matches, you've got to have a really good line like they did last year and they're going to have to get to that level again. Will they? It's very, very possible. But right now, there is a question mark in my opinion. Linebackers, they do get a lot better. you got to give it to them. Demario Davis, AJ Klein, Alex Anzalone, Craig Robinson, and then you have the new addition of Kiko Alonso and Caden Ellis. That group is really solid. Number one, you have four starters there, so you can pick and choose there. Demario Davis, and then you have Kiko Alonso, Alex Anzalone, and AJ Klein. All the guys are really good. To me, it was already solidified, but you add another player, Kiko Alonso, who had a tough year last year. Let's see what he can do this year, but overall, I think he's very, very good. You command him in here. He can do some good work, resurrect his career, and then we'll see what happens next year, but... It's a really solid group to me. I think it's top 10, and it's teetering on top 5 linebacking group in the league. You have a lot of guys that can fly, and that, that was also a huge reason why this 
team against the run was second. You know, you had great linebackers that hit the hole really well, and that's also why they did a good job covering tight ends and running backs. You just have so much speed, and with the coaching, it's just really, really good, and I think that will continue definitely into 2019, and there really was no questions. Then you have the cornerbacks, and you have Lattimore, Eli Apple, P.J. Williams, Ken Crawley, Patrick Robinson, and Justin Hardy, and your safeties are Von Bell, Marcus Williams, J.T. Gray, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and Saquon Hampton. Safeties, that's really what I thought was going to happen. The only thing was Chris Banjo not making it instead of J.T. Gray. J.T. Gray, maybe he's proved to be a better special teamer than uh, Banjo. Well, that'll have to be seen right now, but Banjo was told by Sean Payton to stay around the facility, stay around the New Orleans area, because we may be picking you up soon. It was a very tough decision for Sean Payton, and I could see him here. That was obviously a huge, huge cut, and I just didn't see it coming. I love Banjo. I think he's a great player. He's an epitome of what the Saints team does. He's tough. He makes sure tackles. He always is solid on the special teams. That's really just what you want there. He's just like Justin Hardy. They kind of go hand in hand, and without Banjo, it's definitely going to be hard to watch a little bit, but that was the first kind of question for this group here, the secondary, and then keeping Ken Crawley over Avon Webster is questionable, but that's just really what happens. They brought someone that was new to playbook, ready to go, has starting material here if he can get up and get to that level again. Well, that'll be yet to be seen. He probably, again, won't see the field a lot. But if injuries happen, we have to see him. It's obviously not your ideal situation. That's just what I feel. But overall, it's a good cornerback group as well. You have Lattimore and Eli Apple, same as last year. That's a really good tandem. I think Lattimore will be better than he was last year, making that third-year jump. I think Eli Apple coming in with his new team full-year offseason, that's only going to help him. Then you have P.J. Williams, Patrick Robinson, still vying for that kind of third cornerback role, and I think both of them are definitely can do that at a starting level. And then you have Ken Crawley and Justin Hardy as your backups. Overall, that's a really good team, and that's just really what I feel. It's solid going into this kind of season here, and I think that's going to be really big. And then your three specialists are Thomas Morissette punter, Will Lutz the kicker as usual, and then Zach Wood as your long snapper. Three players on injured reserve, and that's going to be Marcus Sherrill's, Marcus Newhouse, uh, Marshall Newhouse, excuse me there, and Cameron Tom. And the reserve suspended by the commissioner is going to be David Onyemata. And then commissioner permission or exempt list is going to be Carl Granderson. So we'll see what the Saints do with him, and that's going to be interesting. They have two weeks to do that. When a move goes down, we will definitely talk about that more. There's no use to really talking about Carl Grandison right now. He's not really very relevant with this team right now. But if he ever gets onto the field and puts away those off-the-field issues, he's going to be a good player. And he's going to be, I think, a force to be reckoned with. He would have been like a fifth or fourth round pick here. And I think that will continue if he can get onto the field. If he can't get on the field, that's really just what it is there. But to me... That's just kind of what it is with him. Nothing great. You're not expecting anything from him, but whatever you can get out of him is good. So that's just really what it is there. It's low risk, high reward, and that's really just what it is there. So before we move on to the Kiko Alonso trade, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion, and now we are going to talk about the Kiko Alonso trade, and we're just going to talk about some notes and just some quick analysis before we get into our big preview of the season. So just some quick notes here about the trade. The Saints did trade for linebacker Kiko Alonso for linebacker Vince Beagle. Kiko Alonso is 29 years old. 
He's a veteran. He's a player that could come in here, kind of a plug-and-play type player. He's really athletic. Just sometimes he doesn't know where he's going. And that's why you need some good coaching here. The Dolphins didn't have that. So now we'll see what they he can do here. And the Dolphins, they get a young player that they can plug, not plug-and-play, but they can play in their system. And I think he's got a lot of potential in Beagle. To me, he would have only been a Nate Stupar type player and a special teams player. That's just what I feel. Obviously, the Dolphins feel differently about that. But look, really here, the Saints, for a special teamer, they got a starter. And that's just a win-win. Whatever Kiko Alonso does, the Saints don't need him. But he's a talented player. The Saints need talented players. And he's going to be on this team. And they didn't have to give up a lot for him. It's obviously low-risk high reward here. He's going to come in. He's going to play with Demario Davis. They're going to run around, make some tackles, make some big plays. And that's really what it is. If he can get the coaching here, here in New Orleans... He's going to be off the charts amazing. He's going to be back to that Rookie of the Year status, back to that Pro Bowl status, because that's really what the type of player that his potential warrants here. I think that he can come up, make some good plays. It was just a really good move here, because the Saints did have a pretty quiet offseason. So to add another player, and look, this is what I uh, kind of compare it to. The Rams added Clay Matthews. I think Kiko Alonso is going to be better than Clay Matthews. That's just what I feel. And right now, I do want to see the Saints obviously add talent. That's really what you want to see. Maybe linebacker, they didn't need the talent, but it just solidifies the position. And now with the starting lineup of Anzalone, Kiko Alonso, and Demario Davis, that's so good. All that speed there is just huge. So much speed, so much guys just ready to play that it's just really, really big. I just want to talk about it quickly. I wasn't going to go into depth about it because we have a lot of stuff to talk about here. We still have a whole schedule to go through. But, and I don't want to like bore any of you guys. So really, that's just what I feel about it. He's going to come in here. He's going to play good. He's going to not only be depth. He's going to be a starter. He's going to be a big piece to this team. He's going to make some big tackles. He's going to be able to play. He's really good for a three player. Vince Beagle is more of a 3-4 player, so now you get a good 4-3 linebacker that can move around the field. He could take a third of the field, and that's that's his. And it's easier to play, because he was playing 3-4 with the Dolphins, so it's easier to play that 4-3 with him and his speed than play the 3-4, which warrants more of a technical linebacker here, which he's not going to, you know, he's not that. He's more of an athletic guy that is going to go fast to places, but sometimes he just doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know he's not the best football IQ with the Dolphins. Now, that was different with him when he played with the Bills and the Eagles. So we'll see what happens here, but that's just what I feel. Last year, he wasn't that good for PPF. He was just average with PPF, but right now he's going to come in. I think he can have a really good year, and the Saints can turn him around just like Eli Apple did. The potential's there. He's shown the potential before. Now it's just ready to turn it on again. I think he can do it. And he's a big name that a lot of people know. And right now, what's the worst thing that happens? He does as good as he did in Miami. Well, that's really just as good as AJ um, Klein is right now. And, I mean, look, he's still pretty good for this team. And obviously, I think at his best, he's much better than AJ, AJ Klein, excuse me, there. And he's much better than Alex Anzalone. So, and he's probably at the level with Demario Davis. So overall, good move and I think that the Saints are ready. They're really, they got this 53-man roster. It's a good roster, really solid. And obviously, you're going to see what I think about the schedule and what I think is going to happen. But I think they're ready to go. They don't really have some big, hard stretches besides the first four games are really tough. But after that, it's a pretty easy schedule. So I think that we're just going to have to see it in action here. But let's just get right into this schedule, the preview of the 2019 season. I just can't wait. And we're just going to get right into it starting with the first game against 
Houston, the Saints will start at home against Houston. I'm going to project a win 27 to 20 here. I think the Saints are able going to score against the Texans. I think they're going to be able to, with especially without Jadavion Clowney for the Texans, I think Drew Brees is going to be protected. I think they're not going to really have a lot of trouble there. I think they'll be able to get J.J. Watt under wraps here with Taron Armstead, and then you know, you can really double him because now you don't have Jadavion Clowney, excuse me, there across from him. So that's just really what I feel there. I think the Saints will get the win on defense. I think having the really three fast linebackers is going to help them against uh, Deshaun Watson, who can run around, a playmaker, does some really good things. But I think Saints do match up really well with their offense, with their defense, because you will have Marshawn Lattimore on DeAndre Hopkins, which I think will be a good matchup for Lattimore. You have a guy that's also physical, and you have a guy that couldn't obviously is amazing, is a big playmaker in DeAndre Hopkins. But Marshawn Lattimore, it'd be a big test for him, but I think he'll be able to get it done. And I don't think he's going to have a huge, you know, I don't think DeAndre Allen's going to go out for huge plays. I think Lattimore will keep him in check. And then Eli Apple against Will Fuller, I think you probably, I think with that speed, I think you may have to give a little help there. But I think overall, he's not going to beat them too much that it's going to warrant like a 30-point game from the Texans alone. I think the Saints do match up well. And also, the Texans don't have the best offensive line, so the Saints can take advantage of that for Sure. So that's just really what I'm feeling there. I think 27-20. It'll be like, probably be a close game, but I think the Saints will pull away and get this win, probably run the ball really well, control the game. And I think they'll take their first game woes away and win a football game. Then they have a big game going on the road game too against the LA Rams. Obviously, they're going to try to avenge the NOLA no-call, and I think they will in a big, big way i'm saying they're gonna win and i think they're gonna win big 35 to 17 i think breeze is going to go nuts i think the defense is gonna be able to stop Goff. i think they're gonna be able to pressure him get to him i think they're gonna have a lot to prove it's a statement game to show that we're back when we're here and i don't think la is gonna have that big statement i think la may be the team this year that's gonna fall off and just not be that good maybe they'll be eight and eight nine and seven i just don't see it from this team to do it again they're very young i do not like jared goff i don't think he's a good qb at all and sometimes when you have those such bad games in the championship it just wears on you just like what happened with cam newton and you just you're never the same and that's what happened with him so i think that can continue for sure and i, I just don't think they're gonna win their division and i don't think that they're gonna win this game here so that's just what i feel there and i think on with the Saints, it's just it's like that game against they played also against the Rams with Greg William coming back to the dome, and they just they wanted to crush him, and just for all the things that they've done, and they're going to do it. I think Sean Payton is definitely going to be maybe a little petty. Sean Payton run up the store a little bit, but that's just what I feel there, and I do think that they are going to win. Then week three is going to be to me a very a letdown. I think look, you're going on the road against a very tough team. And that's usually very, very tough at home with Seattle. Seattle, to me, has a very good QB in Russell Wilson. He's a playmaker. He's a player that's going to be ready to go. Their wide receivers, to me, are definitely a little underrated. They have Tyler Lockett. They're going to have DK Metcalf. To me, they're, that's a pretty solid core right there. And then also, they're going to have Rashad Penny and those guys. And look, he can call out. He can play. So I'm not really thinking that they're going to be like this spring chicken offense. And then their defense is still very good. They have a lot of players, especially at home. They can feed off that crowd. And it's going to be an emotional letdown for the Saints. So I'm going to say Seattle wins a close game, 24-21. Saints make a few mistakes. They're not on top of their game, coming out a little sluggish. And I think they will take their first loss here. So that's just what I feel there 
Moving on to the fourth game, I think the Saints will bounce back against Dallas. Another kind of statement game because the Saints did lose to them last year. The Saints get the win at home, 31-21. That's just what I feel is going to happen here. I think the Saints on defense will be able to be able to control Dak Prescott, excuse me, there. I don't think Zeke Elliott will be a huge factor, even if he's playing, because the Saints have a great run defense, and I think that's going to continue into this year. And again, if Elliott plays, that's great. If he doesn't, then obviously that's great too. It doesn't to me really matter. I don't think he's going to be a big difference in this game. Other games is going to be huge for the Cowboys to have Elliott. Don't get me wrong. I think Elliott's a great player and he, I think he's a big impact to a lot of games, but the Saints have a great rushing defense and I don't think really any running back can really mis- disrupt them and have a big game. We, that, we saw that last year because they played a lot of good running backs. They played Saquon, Zeke. So really overall, James Conner, they played. I, I feel like that this team right now against the Cowboys it's just it's to me they won last year because their defense played amazing their defense to me won't play like that I think the Saints do match up really well against the Cowboys just because look this year I think they do last year they didn't if the Saints can stop the pressure which I think they'll be able to do I think Michael Thomas will be able to win what they did last year was great they doubled Michael Thomas and then they really with the one-on-one with Kamara and they were able to with the linebackers they bracketed him and then they had no two receiver to break it right that's really what happened to the Saints last year against the Cowboys. To me, and Breeze didn't play his best game, but with Jared Cook, that just adds another level that you have to cover, and they won't be able to do that. That's just what I feel. The Saints were a bad matchup for that Cowboys team. Maybe the Cowboys defense will come out with something different, but I think Jared Cook is a huge difference in this game and gives the Saints the win, and it's also at home, which I think is going to help a lot. So I do think the Saints get this win 31 to 21 as i said before then the fifth game they're going to be at home against tampa bay and i think that's going to be a win i think again it's going to be a close game against tampa bay they're a division opponent it will be the first division opponent the saints play but i think they'll come out win the game 28 or 24 and i think they'll just put enough points up to win i think the saints do match up well against the Buccaneers, I think Jason James Winston's just not up to the caliber. I think they did get better with Bruce Arians, and I think it will be a close game because the Saints always play close games with the Buccaneers, it feels. But that's just what I feel. I think they'll I think the Buccaneers will score a late touchdown, so I think it will be like 21, 28, 17, and then like they keep it close. I think that's what's gonna happen, and I think just the Buccaneers will score a late touchdown. But that's just what I feel there with that game. Not really much to say. The Buccaneers they lost Gerald McCoy. So Again, I just don't see them winning against the Saints. I don't think they have enough star power, firepower. If the Saints are clicking, the Buccaneers, it doesn't really matter what they're doing. I don't think they can beat the Saints. That's just what I feel there. Then the Saints go to at Jacksonville, and I think they will win this game 27-17. Jacksonville with that really good defense, but the offense is so-so. I think I feel like the Saints own Nick Foles, and I think that will continue into this game. I think they'll be able to put pressure on Foles, and they'll be able to make and they'll be able to for Foles to make mistakes excuse me there but that's just what I feel and really from this defense I think the Saints will be able to have Cleo, uh, Clayus Campbell excuse me not have a huge game and I think they'll be able to kind of limit him and Jalen Ramsey I don't think we'll be able to stop Michael Thomas just straight up and again they'll have Jared Cook other guys the Saints have a lot of weapons this year that teams I think will find trouble defending so that's just really what I feel there with Jacksonville and how the Saints, I think they really match up well against them and they'll be able to win it. Jacksonville, the one thing they don't have is great linebackers and obviously the Saints with Kamara, Cook, and all those guys. I think that's just really big for them to have those players and I think they match up well against Jacksonville in week six. So I think the Saints do start out five and one here and I think they're going to have a really good season. Now, obviously, I'm going to think that, but that's just what I feel 
there. 5-1 is a really good start. 5-1 coming in there is big, and that's a good start. Saints last year started 5-1 as well. The year before that, they were 4-2. So through six games, I think that's really what the Saints are looking at. Going on to the seventh against Chicago, I think that's going to be a big game that I don't think the Saints will win. I think Chicago, as mo- a lot of people think Chicago will be the team that kind of drops out. I don't think that. I think that they have a young team, and they're getting better. And their defense is very, very good. And I think the Saints kind of put up a dud in this one. They're going to lose 21-17 in a close game. But it was at Bears. It's going to be pretty cold there by week 7 in October, uh, late October, early November. So that's just really what I feel. I think that playing the North teams are tough. And I think, look, the Bears are no different. And I think that right now the Saints is going to be a tough game. And I just don't see the Saints pulling it out and moving over to 5-2. and two. I think... The Bears are really physical. They're a really good team. They're athletic, and I think they're pretty disciplined. And they could have been playing the Saints going farther in the playoffs if it wasn't for a fluke missed field goal. So I think you got to respect them. I think it'll be a tough game. Saints playing on the road back-to-back again. I don't think they'll get that second road win there on the back-to-back. So I'm going to go 5-2 and two there. Then they go back home to play Arizona, who had the first pick with Kyler Murray. I think the Saints will get this win pretty easily, 42-17. to 17. I think a nice comeback win, getting home in the Dome against a team that's not so good. I think they'll be able to put pressure on Murray, get him out of his comfort zone, and do a good job against him. And then also, I think this, their defense is very bad, and I don't think the Saints will have any trouble what's going on in their defense. I think Kamara Thomas will be able to control the game. And with, obviously, Breeze, I think it will be an easy game. So, before we talk about... The next eight games for the Saints in the second half of the season, we are going to take another break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back, and we are talking about the Saints preview of the 2019 season, and now we are going to talk about the second half of the season. First, you hit the bye week at a good time, mid-season, perfect bye in my opinion, and you're sitting at 6-2. and two. Obviously, you just double that and you get 12 and 4. That's a good season. That's a good first half. And I think you got to be happy with that first half if you're the Saints. To me, overall, very good half there. Then you got this four straight stretch of games that are in the division. So you got Atlanta, Tampa, Carolina, Atlanta. So I have them going 3 and 1 this stretch. I'll tell you what I, you know, the games I think. But I think overall, all these games are going to be close. All these games are going to be stressful. And I think this is probably going to take the division up. Because right now, I think the Falcons probably will be around 500, maybe 4-4, four and 5-3. Four, and three. Same with the Panthers. I think the Bucks will be a little less. I think the Panthers probably won't have a good season. But the Atlanta and Panthers, they have the opportunity to be a good team. So we'll see what happens here. But this is four-game stretch is going to win the Saints the division here. And I think that's what's going to happen. I have them going 3-1 and one in this stretch, which would put them at 9-3, and three, which, again... It's really, really right where you want to be. So that's just what I feel there. So first, they go at home against Atlanta. I think they'll win 31-28. I think it'll probably be a high-scoring game. The Saints usually have trouble with Atlanta's offense with Julio, Ridley, Freeman. They have a lot of good players. you got to give it to their offense. But their defense usually gets torched by the Saints. Michael Thomas owns the Falcons. Kamara owns the Falcons. Breeze owns the Falcons. And I think the Saints will just be too much. And they'll probably drive down at the end of the game and score a touchdown to win it, and that's just what I feel. 31-24, Saints win in a close game, and they'll be able to pull off. Then you're moving to 7-2. You're feeling really, really good about yourself. 
then you go and play Tampa Bay at Tampa. I think they'll win 24-14. I think kind of like last year's Tampa game, I think the Saints probably will come out a little slow, and they'll turn it on late, pull away, and get this win. I think probably maybe a big play like a Taysom Hill block punt is going to happen, and I think they'll be able to get the win. I think overall this is a game you want to see the Saints win good get out to an early start i don't think it will happen but that's what i really would like to see but i think the saints will come up late do a really good job get the win i think breeze will play a good game sound game and you're just gonna be like another win the defense i think will play well against winston and co so that's just really what i feel there then moving to the carolina game at home i think the saints will win 35 21 i think it will be close and the saints pull away late as a lot of these division games i'm thinking I just think the Saints are usually too much for Cam Newton. I think we're usually good against Cam Newton. He's always in the dome, very inaccurate. The Saints are able to get pressure on him, and I think that will be no different this year. I think they'll come up, win this game 31-21. And I think overall, you'll see from all the Saints' catalysts, I don't think the Panthers can stop the Saints. They really don't have good pass defense, which Drew Brees obviously loves. Their own defense isn't great, so that's just really what I feel there about the Panthers. I think the Saints match up really well against them, and I think they'll get the win. They lost a lot of linebackers, which is not good, going up against Kamara and Murray and Cook, so I just don't think they're going to match up well against the Saints. Then moving over to that last game at Atlanta on Thanksgiving, I'm going to give the Saints a loss 28-24. It'll be a close game, but again, I just it's tough. It is very, very tough. I think Atlanta at home, it was going to give them the edge here. The Saints kind of took one. They kind of stole one away from Atlanta last year. They probably shouldn't have won that game. They did. Atlanta is always a tough place to play for the Saints. I know a lot of Saints fans don't like to hear that, but that's the truth. And I think that Matt Ryan will steal this game. Falcons haven't beat the Saints in a while, and I think they're bound to steal one this year. So I think they will, and that will really end the Saints' run here at 3-1 and one here. And now, after that, you're 9-3. You really have a good shot at the playoffs, obviously. And they have an easy stretch to finish out the year. So I think that's really big there. Going on to the 14th week, I think they they, they do play um, San Francisco. And I think they will win that game 31-21. I think they'll be able to stymie Jimmy Garoppolo and co. I think they'll be able to win this game. It's at home. It's an, not a division game. I think it will be, it seems we'll be able to get out to an early lead and just not go on cruise control, but able to control the game and win i think that's kind of the game there i really don't think that the 49ers cornerbacks can stop michael thomas i don't think they have good linebackers to stop you know cook and you obviously kamara they don't have the safeties to do that either and their run defense isn't amazing garoppolo i think probably will give the defense a little trouble but i overall think the saints will win this game and that's just what i feel there moving the saints to another 10 win season and then Indianapolis, Monday Night Football, without Andrew Luck, obviously. So I think the Saints will win big in this one. I'm going to say 52-14. I think the Saints will put up a 50-burger once this year, and that's going to be against the Colts. I just think they'll have no answer for the offense. I think they won't be a good team. People still think they're going to be average. I just don't think Jacoby Brissett's a very good player. I don't think they'll get anything going on offense, and their defense obviously has some pieces. But without Andrew Luck, I just don't see this game being very, very close. And again, their defense, I think at that point, they'll be discouraged because the offense won't score a lot. And I think this is just the game that is kind of the epitome of their season. And I do think the Saints will bring them to them on Monday night, get that 11th win and clinch the division. And that's just what I feel it's going to happen here. And then in the 16th week at Tennessee, I think the Saints will win as well. Grind it out, get the win on the road, 27-21, have a good game finish it off with a 12-3 and record, clinch a bye, and then they'll sit their starters. I don't know if it's going to be a one or two, but I think they'll sit their starters in the last game. So I think they lose the last game 21-10 against Carolina, 
and the Saints do lose that one. I think Bridgewater, I guess, struggles, but usually the Saints don't do well with their backups in, so I think that's just what I feel there. I think they get this 12-4 record really good. I think they'll have the bye, and I think this team's going to be ready for the playoffs, and that's just what I feel. They're, they're going to position themselves well. I don't know if they'll get the one seed, but I think they'll have a bye, and after you have that, you got to get ready to go. Saints have some bad luck, obviously, in the last two years. This team's got to get ready to go. Gotta not only prove them right, you gotta finish the deal. And I think this Saints team will have the chance to do that. I love this team. I like their attitude. I like what these Saints teams are doing. And I think that will continue into next year. So with all that said, I think it's time to wrap up this podcast. If you enjoy what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion and haven't followed us on our various accounts, you can follow us on Twitter at the Houdat This, on Instagram at Houdat Discussion, and then also you can subscribe to anywhere you listen to your podcast. That means iTunes, Spotify, Google Music, all that fun stuff. We are on there. So really overall, I think the Saints are ready to go. They're ready for the season. And that's just really what I feel. We're going to have a preview of the Houston game, a very in-depth preview with that on, I think, I guess Friday, either Thursday or Friday, that will come out there. But had a great time talking about this season. I'm so excited for it, guys. I don't know if you could hear it in my voice, but I am so excited and I can't wait. We are less than a week to Saints football. I just can't wait. So with all that said, I want to say thank you, finish the deal, and who dat?